Side Hustle Show 177, what I've learned and applied from 49 Awesome Entrepreneurs, Part 3. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up, Nick Lober here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. I'm flying solo today with the third installment of what I've learned and applied from 49 awesome entrepreneurs. Sometimes it's 49, sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 51. This is where I look back at the number one tips from the last 50 or so episodes and attempt to pull out the best of the best, juiciest, most relevant words of wisdom that have been uttered and uh, do my best to explain how I interpret the advice, how you can implement it, and how I'm applying it in my business, right? Half of the show is my selfishly uh, selfishly looking for the answers on uh, on how these guys got it done. So I first did this in episode 50, if you want to check that one out, sidehustlenation.com slash five zero. And it was so much fun, I did it again last year in episode 124. Uh, so if you missed those, fear not, they live on in the archives. And notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash tips3 or 177, whichever is easier to remember. No highlight reel this week, but I will include the number one tip from all of the last 49 guests on that page at sidehustlenation.com slash tips3. So if you want to peruse the super meta summary version, you can do so there. Ready? Let's do it. The first tip I want to talk about today comes from John Logar. In episode 126, he gave the one-word piece of advice, and that was to listen. So a few ways that I've been listening lately have been with my annual survey, uh, keeping apprised of what's going on in the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group, the blog comments, the emails I get, and you can do this on your own, like your website analytics, but particularly on the Side Hustle Nation analytics. So as an example, I looked at my survey results and my analytics, I found that this podcast was my most popular content channel, and I could probably ease up on the blogging a bit. And so for the past past few weeks, you probably noticed the blog has been pretty silent. And I've seen during that time a small dip in traffic, but nothing really catastrophic. And that listening has eased up my workload and stress over making sure I have something new to publish every Monday. And so even if you're in the position where you don't have an audience to listen to, you'll you'll notice that a couple of those are already open to you, like to go where your audience, your target audience already is hanging out. Um, and, and listen there, probably in Facebook groups or blog comments. Um, another option would be listening on Quora, what kind of questions people are asking. Um, there, there's some alternatives on the analytics front as well. If you want to hack your competitors, you can see what um, what's going on on uh, similarweb.com or BuzzSumo to get an idea of what their most popular content is. Now, John meant listen as part of his sales process where he would uncover some painful, expensive problem, and then solve it with software. But before you can be in a position to listen, you have to be a part of the conversation. That means putting yourself out there. And I know that can be uncomfortable. It's something that uh, that you got to think about. The next tip that I want to cover comes from Taylor Pearson in episode 129. Taylor gave the advice to think in longer time frames. Even better, then five years is a 25-year timeline, he, he says. Think about where you want to be in 25 years and then work backwards to create your six-month plans from that. This one 
is a, is a really tough one for me. I mean, like everybody, we want immediate results. We want that instant gratification. And so I'm just as guilty uh, as everyone else on that. Like at the airport yesterday, I was waiting a baggage claim, getting visibly impatient and frustrated that my bag was taking so long to, you know, come out on the carousel thing. And I had to remind myself it was my fault for checking a bag in the first place. Like this situation was 100% avoidable. And I don't know what the world is going to look like in, in 25 years um, and, and thinking back, even just five years, the stuff I'm working on day to day is almost entirely different. But if it helps, if it helps you take a long-term vision in your business, people are likely to value tomorrow what they value today. And five years or even 25 years is just a bunch of tomorrows stacked on top of each other. The tools and tactics uh, may change; they will change, uh, but the principles are going to remain the same, unless. <laughs> unless there's a zombie apocalypse or something, then then all bets are off. There's uh, a book I want to recommend called uh, The Top 10 Distinctions Between Millionaires and uh, the Middle Class, and I'll link this up in uh, the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash tips3. And in that book, he gives an example of uh, the, this long-term mindset. He says, poor people are thinking day-to-day or week-to-week, and middle-class people are often thinking month-to-month, but the rich, or the millionaire class, are thinking year-to-year or even decade-to-decade. And just something to think about when you're you know, doing long-term planning. And one place where I've screwed up this long-term thinking is with investments. Often, you know, I'll sit around on cash rather than putting that money to work for the fear that, hey, the market is up, it's going to be due for a crash. But if we fast-forward 30 years, it's exceedingly unlikely that any near-term crash or blip or, you know, dip is going to be um, not erased by the gains and dividends, you know, over that entire period. So, I mean, similarly, I've taken a kind of a short-term outlook on a couple of real estate purchases, um, like where I've sold them for a loss instead of either, you know, riding out that downturn or renting them for for cash flow and building equity. For, uh, For Side Hustle Nation, I think I've actually done an okay job playing the long game uh, with this project. And and what that has meant is saying no to uh, potential advertisers, potential affiliate partners, and some other projects that might ring the cash register today, but at what cost in the future, if that makes sense. So I'm having a great time, you know, building this brand and community and, and I'm thankful to be able to, um, to be earning some money from it, and which kind of affords me to be able to take a, a longer-term uh, view of it, and of course, all of the other side hustle projects uh, play uh, play a role in that as well. I think the secret is to combine this long-term vision that Taylor is espousing, and uh, and then combine it with that short-term planning. He says, "Hey, make sure you uh, work backwards to find that to define your six-month uh, action plan." So it's kind of like what's and even six months is kind of a long time frame. So you can say, what's the one thing that I can do today to move toward that long-term goal? And at the end of the day, you can literally ask yourself, hey, are you, are you better off than when the day started? Are you making progress? The next tip I want to talk about comes from Navid Mawazes, who um, completely rocked his episode on hosting uh, profitable virtual summits. But he gave the really important advice to focus on building authentic powerful relationships before you need them, before you need them. Now, you probably only need to look at your own resume to know how true this is. Of all the jobs you've had, how many have come from your personal network? And how many have come from replying cold to like a classified ad? For me, it's 80-20 at least in favor of the network. 
I mean, we do pe- we do business with people we know, like, and trust, but people can't trust you if they don't know you. And I get cold pitches every day from complete strangers. It just doesn't work. You have to build uh, at least some sort of relationship first. The next tip I have comes from Tyler Zai, who was on episode 134. His number, number one tip was to focus on recurring revenue as soon as possible. And you guys know, I'm all about hustling for that first dollar. But what happens next? That's why continuity business models, and that's like the um, trendy name for them, are so popular. And so this is stuff you're familiar with, like subscription box services, like Hustle and Grind, membership, uh, membership sites like Fizzle, um, or recurring service businesses like Dan Norris's uh, WP Curve or Kerry Green's uh, podcast Fast Track, uh, both, uh, both of whom you can find out a little bit more about on, uh, in the Side Hustle Show archives as well. And so up until very recently, I never had any sort of recurring revenue every month. And, and for the most part, it still is this case. It's a question of, okay, what's, what's going to come in? And that's not to say it's completely unpredictable, but not a lot of it is pre-booked or pre-sold. And one area I've had a little bit of success with this so far, and it's something I'm, I'll be working on, even though I have in the, in the near term very little desire to go the trendy route and build a, build a membership site. But one area I've had a little bit of success with recently is actually with ad sales. And so for, for one of my sites, um, I actually have been selling ad space for, for a couple of years, and I, was, I would sell, sell them on kind of monthly or quarterly um, you know, one-off purchases or one-off placements. And when that ad expired, there'd be this back and forth about, Hey, you know, the ad expired. Is, is the, the ad is about to expire. Do you want to renew? Oh, you know, let's check it. take a look at our results. And so what I started doing instead is using the subscription payment links inside of PayPal. You can find it under the tools menu. Um, and every month the money just hits my account. I let, of course, I let the advertiser know, Hey, you can cancel at any time, but it kind of shifts the burden to them. And as long as they're seeing results, they kind of let it ride. So that's kind of been my, my early, early attempts at recurring revenue. And uh, so far, so good over there. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. Ands.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My next tip comes from uh, Rob Stevenson. Rob Stevenson, the flea market flipper on episode 147. If you haven't checked out that episode, really uh, popular one, very interesting one about his uh, flea market flipping business. Uh, Rob's number one tip was to be consistent. And he actually just took this uh, side hustle full time. It was really exciting to see him do that. But his consistent habit was to go to the go to the market, go to the flea market week in and week out to source items to resell. Now, sometimes he comes home empty-handed and, and it happens, but other times he leaves with inventory worth hundreds or thousands of dollars. And this is Rob's slight edge habit. Just like yours might be making one new connection a day, writing 500 words a day, doing your push-ups, meditating, putting, putting out your podcast, whatever it is. You know, if you haven't read The the Slight Edge, it's a really cool book, uh, or heard my podcast on it, it's episode 152, sidehustlenation.com slash 152. Um, I I think you'll like it, because if if nothing else, it'll get you jazzed up to do the daily mundane things you know you should, but you lack motivation for. Where, Where earlier I mentioned, you know, I've kind of eased up on my blog posting schedule, this show rolls on each week, and it's because I found that consistently releasing new episodes each and every Thursday has really been an important growth driver. And that was admittedly a little bit tougher in the early days before I could see any results or any kind of hockey stick growth. Sure, the chart was moving you know, up and to the right. But I think that's one of the defining characteristics, and indeed the, the author Jeff Olson will say this as well, one of the defining characteristics of a slight edge habit, whether you do it or whether you skip it, you really can't tell if it had any impact. And that's, that's the challenging bit of it. It's like, go to the gym today, or don't go to the gym today. You're not going to get a six-pack and uh, from that one workout, and you're probably not going to die of a heart attack either. It's like, that, that, that's what makes it really tough, is like the imperceptible results. But you kind of, you know these things are going to drive you forward, and so that's why you need to, um, you need to keep doing them and be consistent with that from, uh, from Rob's advice. The people that I've talked to for the show, the members of the Side Hustle Nation community that are seeing results are the ones who've made their hustle a habit. They're following Rob's advice, taking consistent action. The next tip I have comes from Ross Simmons from Hustle and Grind. He was on episode 149 talking about building a, uh, a subscription box business with, um, and also we talked about some Instagram marketing stuff. Uh, Ross says, time management is a myth manage yourself, and embrace your calendar. And I'm still trying to let that one sink in, that time management is a myth. Manage yourself. And we all have obligations and things we have to do and get done. And, and I'm, what I'm trying to do is be more honest with myself. So instead of saying, 
I didn't have time. I'm trying to train myself to tell the truth, which is I prioritized something else. Now, I live and die by my Google Calendar, and I mean, I can block off dedicated times for my, for my hustle or different projects or different meetings. It's just really helpful to have a visual, digital, mobile log of what I've got going on, who I'm supposed to talk to, and what I'm supposed to get done. So use whatever calendar you like, but I, I like the Google Calendar. I know some people have, like, uh, they like the Sunrise app one. Um, but I just consider it a huge productivity win adopting the Google Calendar and combining it with my pen and paper priority list system, which isn't anything fancy. It's just, you know, writing down my to-do items and then prioritizing uh, them, you know, in order, one, two, three, the night before. The next tip I have comes from Amanda Abea, who's on episode 151. She says, crunch your numbers. And what she meant by that was to figure out your financial situation. What are you spending each month? How much of that is fixed? How much of that is discretionary? What would it take financially, dollars and cents-wise, to actually quit your job? What level of side hustle income are you are you targeting? Is is the current business you're working on likely to get you there? Or are you going to have to go back to the drawing board? The good thing is crunching your numbers is easy. You just add up everything you spend money on, like your your rent, your mortgage, your car payment, your insurance, your gas, your utilities, your uh, debt payments, food, daycare, everything. And in the end, you'll have a monthly nut. And, and that's a term, I don't know if they use this in other business, but that's a term that stuck with me from the car business to describe your fixed monthly expenses. Your nut is, is your overhead. Like how much do you need to cover your nut? And so the last time Bryn and I crunched our numbers, it was something like, $4,600 a month, maybe a little bit over that. No, it's actually, it's definitely higher than that now because we have daycare. But one thing we're looking at is the balance of personal or, or working income, business income, and investment income. So the first phase of nut coverage was was working income. And the next phase was business income. And now we're trying to figure out the next phase, the third phase, you know, could we cover conceivably all our expenses with investment income? That's a really exciting proposition is kind of like the rich dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant, financial freedom endgame. And I think it's going to take a while to get there. It definitely will take a while to get there. But the number crunching piece of that lets you know what you're shooting for. And on the other side of it, if you're able to keep your expenses low and maintain your, your business income, you may not need to take on unnecessary market risk, if that makes sense. The next tip comes from Brian Switchko, a two-time guest. He was on episode 155 most recently. He said, never expect your audience's standards to be lower than your own. So I'm in the middle of a multi-phase, multi-month content audit on SideHustleNation.com. And so far, that has seen me delete or consolidate more than 600 posts, which is painful in a way to like, Hey, I, I wrote this. This is my art. This is my creation. And now it's, it's gone. It's, it's off of the internet. And the fact is I wrote a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, the first few years of, of my blog, this was even, even in the years pre uh, side hustle nation, like it's just, it's just not relevant anymore. And it doesn't need to be out there cluttering up the interwebs. It definitely isn't representative of the side hustle nation brand and mission today. And the theory behind this cleanup is, 
you know, if you can improve the overall average quality and relevance of your site, Google will recognize that and reward you in the search results. And I saw after my first round of mass deletions a couple months, a pretty sizable spike in uh, in Google referral traffic. So I think there is something to that. I'm curious to see how this continues to play out as I you know work my way through the phases. There's an episode of uh, Smart Passive Income with Todd Tresseter, who um, actually first saw him speak on this at FinCon last fall. And I was super skeptical, like, to why would you delete your content? Like, every chance to be indexed is, is an extra chance for discovery. Um, but he makes a really compelling case on how to do this and why to do this. Um, so I will link up that, uh, that conversation with Pat. Um, that's, I think, definitely worth checking out if your blog is over two years old. So n- never expect your audience's uh, standards to be lower uh, than your own. So that's kind of the the tip that we're uh, we're talking about right now, and I see this all over the place with just kind of you know me too articles and and especially listicles, and I'll be the first to admit like I've published my share, but it's not getting us anywhere. Jim um, Jim Kukrol, a friend of mine and, and a very wise man who's been uh, been online for a lot of years, he he told me people only use the internet for two reasons: number one, to be entertained, and number two to solve a problem. That's it. Like if, you, if your content doesn't do an awesome job at one or both of those things, I think you might be guilty of expecting your audience's standards to be lower than your own. So over the last year and a half, or maybe a little longer, I've been trying to step up my, my podcast editing and hosting game because as I listen to more and more shows, my standards are getting higher and higher. And so I'm expecting that your standards are getting higher and higher as well. The last tip I have for today, the last number one tip, is uh, from Asad Siddiqui in episode 157 on his crazy Amazon FBA retail arbitrage, online arbitrage business. His number one tip was learn in pieces and take action. Now, for most of us, myself included, every day is pretty much uncharted territory. Like, I've, I've never been here before, but I can build on what I know, and I think we all have this lifetime of skills and experiences that we've accumulated uh, that we can draw from. Consider that our, our bank account. And that's one bank that's always going to have a positive net worth. Uh, and I'm confident in my ability to learn what I need to. So Brian Harris has a really great video called Figure It Out. He argues, this is your only job as an entrepreneur. Figure it out. How do I solve this problem? How do I get customers? How do I build a website? figure it out. Like you're, you're human, you're adult, you can read, you can use the internet, you can figure it out. It's just like in, in The Martian where Matt Damon says, hey, you got to solve one problem at a time and then you solve the next one and then you solve the next one. You don't need to know how the entire puzzle comes together. That's not the problem you're facing right now, even, even if it feels like it. It's, so maybe the immediate problem is, okay, how do I get the website up? What's that going to take? Well, first you need a domain. Okay. Well, how do I register a domain? Boom. GoDaddy. Done. Uh, okay, now I need hosting, okay, and, and on and on and on. One problem at a time, you knock them down, you check them off, and, and it feels great. So I feel like I learn new things like all the time, and it's awesome, it gives me energy. Just, just a couple weeks ago, Bryn told me that Control-A, like on a PC, uh, Control-A, keyboard shortcut, selects all the text on a page, and it like blew my mind. Like I use that like every day now. And I was like, how did I go 33 and a half years of my life without knowing this? And uh, another example is like the power of Pinterest, a a social media site. I really had no idea 
how it worked and basically had no interest in when when Rosemary Groner from BusyBudgeter.com, she was on episode 142, she showed me the error of my ways. And last month, Side Hustle Nation generated over 20,000 visits from Pinterest and 547 email signups. Like, it's real results from learning in pieces and taking action. Are, are my pins the best in the world? Of course not. Like, I'm just scratching the surface of what's possible over there, but I'm really happy with those results. Learning one thing at a time, learning pieces and take action. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to part three of what I've learned and applied from 49 uh, awesome entrepreneurs. You can find all 49 tips at signedhustlenation.com slash tips three. And while you're there, be sure to drop in a number one tip of your own or check out the full list on the site and tell me your favorite. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.